What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So a great way to keep up with what's going on in professional wrestling is a podcast like this. But if you want to get deep into a career, a personality, or an era of professional wrestling, Audible is the way to go. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. And every month, members get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digests from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs, which might be helpful after a really disappointing wrestling event. I'm a big fan of Audible. I've been a member for years and years. It's how I've listened to some wrestling books, including Jim Ross, My Life in Wrestling. His new book is coming out later this month under the black hat. You can get that for free right now by becoming an Audible subscriber with a special offer we'll detail in just a moment. You can also download and listen to Kane's new book, Glenn Jacobs' new book that just came out. My Audible library includes a lot more than pro wrestling books. Right now I'm in the middle of Einstein. I also listen to Lose Weight Now by Alan Carr. I'm down 14 pounds since mid-December. I'm pretty close to my goal weight right now and back to where I was when I was about 30. And it's because of this book setting me on the right course. Without doing any extra exercise compared to what I had been doing and not feeling deprived or hungry pretty much ever. Also, Alan Carr has a book called The Easy Way to Quit Smoking. I know about a dozen people who have listened to that book and quit smoking for good. I can absolutely endorse that book if you're looking to quit smoking. He also has books on getting out of debt, on mindfulness, on the easy way to quit gambling, on quitting sugar, managing alcohol consumption, and more. So if you're uh, into fulfilling a New Year's resolution that lapsed by mid-January, hey, now's the time to get back on track with the help of an Alan Carr book. So whether it's uh, self-help or just learning about a fascinating historical figure or immersing yourself in the life and career of somebody like Jim Ross or Glenn Jacobs, Audible is the way to go. So how does Audible work? Well, you can download titles and listen offline anytime, anywhere through the Audible app. The app is free and can be installed on all smartphones and tablets. I have it installed on both my Galaxy tablet and my Galaxy phone. Sometimes I set the uh, tablet up on the kitchen counter and play the audiobook while I'm cooking. You can listen across all devices without losing your spots. When I move from the tablet to my phone, it remembers where I am, which is nice. 
And if you can't decide what to listen to, don't worry, because you can store up your credits for up to a year. Then you can binge order a book series if something jumps out at you that is of interest. And by the way, it's not just books. They have guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, A-list comedy, exclusive Audible originals that you won't find anywhere else. It's uh, it, it's fun just browsing. You know how you can do that on Netflix sometimes? Um, you can do that on Audible, too. Just browse through these audiobooks that will fit your mood. It's also a good way for me to wind down. At the end of the night, after doing uh, pro wrestling podcasting, I'll often put an audiobook on before falling asleep. And it takes my mind off of the day and makes me feel like my wind-down period is, is productive uh, with the lights turned off. And as I mentioned with Audible, you can listen in the kitchen while you're cooking. You can listen while you're winding down at the end of the day. You can also turn it on while you're commuting or walking your dog or at the gym exercising. So here's what you do. Visit audible.com slash pwtorch. That's audible.com slash PWTorch, or simply text PWTorch to 500-500. There's no spaces in that, by the way. It's just P-W-T-O-R-C-H, audible.com slash PWTorch, or text PWTorch to 500-500. And you can claim your free audiobook today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In true deep dive fashion and true rich fan fashion, with the show before the show is as long as the show. So, uh, welcome, PW Torch Daily Cast. And when it's Saturday, you are listening to Deep Dive with Rich Fan. I am, of course, Rich Fan. And today, for Saturday, August, I want to say it's the 8th. I feel like I'm lying. No, it is the 8th. Thank God. 2020. I'm joined by my good friend and co host. Chris Maitland and uh, Chris, welcome back to the deep dive. And sorry, I did not realize we were talking for an hour before I hit record. It's all right. It's no problem. Happy to be back. Excellent. So now we're here because we're going to be talking about a very special subject, very personal subject for me as well. Uh, The idea of opportunity and uh, how you can pay that forward and how that works in professional wrestling. And we're, we're doing this conversation this week mainly because of the Mustafa Ali uh, talking raw segment where he mentioned, as far as adaptation, you can't adapt without opportunity. If you don't have the opportunity, you're not given a platform. If you're not included in a discussion, it's hard. 
You can be the best in the world, but if you're sitting in a dark room and no one sees you, no one sees you. And so we're going to talk a lot about that in North America, particularly AEW, WWE, uh, and anywhere else Chris's fancy wants to roll as far as that goes here in the States. And then we're going to kind of finish with a little chat about how it differs in Japan. And sometimes what you see is what you get and for totally different reasons. So, Chris, before we get started, how are you? And uh, what are you thinking? What are you doing? What are you watching? That's been my big question during quarantine. Uh, Anything catching your eye? Any shows you caught up on? Oh, uh, well, my wife and I started watching Parks and Rec, and uh, we're in, we're in season two. Did you mean wrestling shows? <laughs> no, no, regular shows. Like last week, when I did this, we talked about uh, I had gotten into Shira Princess of Power because one of my torch associates uh, mentioned that it was pretty good, and it is pretty good. They're talking about like war criminals and all this other stuff with Shira. Same with uh, the Transformers on Netflix. Where they're going deep in the stuff where Megatron has lines that I, I didn't think Megatron would have. And so, yeah, it, it's been pretty cool to uh, find out what other people are watching. Black Sails, that's one I'm starting to rewatch because I loved uh, Treasure Island as a kid. So, Stars' version of the prequel to Treasure Island was pretty sweet. Um, anything else you guys watched or any movies you got into? We watched. Um... We watched Little Fires Everywhere. It all came out earlier during the pandemic. We like that. Uh, it takes place in Ohio. Um, we watched Slow Burn, which is about the Nixon uh, Watergate hearings. I've gotten into a lot of um, uh, more educational uh, podcasts, whether they be um, political, whether they be um, true crime. So listen, a lot of those trying to read more, and um, we have a whole list of movies that we want to watch that we haven't watched yet, but um, we'll get to it. Excellent, excellent. So you heard and you saw Mustafa Ali's quote. Uh, before before we move into anywhere else, just start with him. What were your thoughts when you read it? What are your thoughts on Mustafa Ali and his time so far in WWE? And we can kind of tease it out from there. I see Mustafa Ali as one of many uh, talents that have been in WWE slash really WWF. I think there's a a lengthy history of people in WWF WWE who've never reached their full potential for various reasons. Um, He's obviously a very talented wrestler who who ended up, correct me if I'm wrong, in, in some kind of more prominent matches last year due to basically injuries. And yeah. someone who's had to f- fill in, and he's done pretty well with whatever he's been given. But I think the quote pretty much sums up that he feels that he could be doing more, and he could be in a different role. He could be seen more than he has been. And I think that's a lot of the problem with WWE has now is that they're not really able to showcase wrestlers in their best way, and I think he's uh, a great example of that. Now, when he talks about not being seen and not really having that opportunity, I think a lot about with television. And I even mentioned on my own Twitter about the opportunities I've had at the torch and how they've been expanded, mainly because of people giving good feedback, saying, hey, I liked him talking to Wade. I liked him talking to Bruce. I liked his conversation with Chris Malin. I liked his conversation with Steve Manders or, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the four hour interview I did with uh the owner producer 
Booker of Revolution Pro, Andy Quilden. Anything I do, it's feedback that gets me to do more. And so I could only imagine for a pro wrestler, anyone in a position where you don't get to choose who you are and where you're put, getting to try to identify who you are under the guise of someone else's vision. What were your thoughts? Uh, is there anyone that stood out when we were younger? Because obviously for those of you who've listened to the Deep Down for a while, I went to college with Chris. He's one of my best friends in the world. He's a groomsman in my wedding, uh, which was amazing to Sean Radican when he was like, wait, I didn't realize that. I was like, yeah, this isn't just some random dude on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I met Craig, and I want to give a shout out to Craig because today is the one-year anniversary of of Goto being John Moxley at the G1. So, Craig, if you're listening, happy anniversary. Um, <laughs> and I told him that, you know, you were the, one of the best men in my wedding, and I'm uh, your son's godfather. So, uh, yeah, it's bigger than just the show. <laughs> yeah, hashtag bigger than the show. And speaking of bigger than the show, if you aren't VIP, we currently have a delightful sale that started. 99 cents for a month. So that gets you SummerSlam, TakeOver 30, all out. You could skip PayPal if you want. Just use your debit or credit card directly and securely by going and putting in 99Sale2020 when you try to sign up. So definitely get on that. Hashtag ad. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also, every Saturday, we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week, covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me, and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. Uh, so I think I think, I think your ahead. question. I still have a preemptor question because I've known you so long. Were you going to ask me about people who were maybe misused by WWE or WWF when we were younger? 
and, and even because, you know, you have far more historical knowledge of the NWA because you actually got to watch as it was happening. I don't want to try to pull things out with this ahistorical. I didn't watch it anachronistic fake lens. So if there were people that stand out in Georgia or NWA or Mid-South, wherever you were watching in addition, IWCCW. <laughs> I didn't watch some of that back in the day. It was not Ooh. good. Um, here's the thing that I'll always say about WWE. Um, if they show, uh, I'll, I'll pick three wrestlers that I watched a lot and I was fans of. Um, I'll just mention them in particular. Um, if they show a montage or like a Hall of Fame of like Dusty Rhodes, Ricky Steamboat, or Kerry Von Eric, what are they showing? Are they showing their time in the WWF? Are they showing their time in world class or NWA? Uh, they're going to do world class. So I think the, the, the issue with wrestling back then, too, is that, you know, WWF was always been, at least since 1982, um, was Vince McMahon's vision of wrestling. And so there were a lot of people. And, and I think the example that I actually highlighted is someone I didn't mention was Ricky Steamboat. Um, I was too young to remember Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood because um, I really don't have a recollection pri- prior to 1985. But I remember Ricky Steamboat wrestling in WWF. I remember him fighting for the Intercontinental title, which was cool. But then when he went to NWA in 89, he was the world champion. He was fighting for the world title. And you know, not knowing the backstory of what happens... He leaves, and then when he goes to WWF again in like 1990, he's a dragon spitting fire, and he's nowhere near the world title. Uh, Dusty Rose and his polka dots are obvious. I think that one you don't have to go. You know, I know Dusty was a booker and obviously put himself in a good position, but Dusty Rose was also a huge star who was not treated as much uh, when he was in WWF. Uh, Kerry Von Erich, obviously, is one of my all-time favorites as a kid. He had some personal problems that, you know, obviously led to his demise. Um, but he obviously was not as big a star as he was when he was in world class. Um, I think there are tons of wrestlers who, even some, you know, I just listened to yesterday the talk is Jericho with Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, who were a decent team as the Brain Busters. But if you remember uh, that back then everyone had elaborate theme music and they didn't. They just walked to the ring in jackets, which is cool for them being them. But it was so bland compared to your um, typical WWF um, presentation. Then you have someone like um, I'm, I'm thinking of all I'm going to the horseman now, Barry Windham. Mm-hmm. You know, Barry Windham in the 80s, one of the best wrestlers. And, you know, Barry Windham in the 90s was a world champion in in uh, WCW. And in WWF, he was uh, the Widowmaker and the Stalker. So I think wrestlers who don't fit Vince McMahon's vision don't always get put in the best position. Back in the day, there were a lot of different promotions that you could see someone reach a higher level, and and maybe today you can have that again. But you know, if you go through most wrestlers that were pretty credible 
outside of uh, WWF in the 80s and 90s. They their best runs are their their best potential was not utilized in WWF. In WWF, they were more necessary to to make out the roster as opposed to being a star. I think of one of the first people that always first person in my head, the way he was portrayed versus the way he could have been seen if he was anywhere else is bad news. Allen. That's right. I mean, you, you, you take him and I really would want to do this. And you have all these great stories. And I mentioned one this week on Twitter about how he used the N word on the bus and Andre didn't Andre want to John. Andre Johnny, yes, not bad news. He could use it whatever he wanted if he so chose. Uh, Andre used it, and bad news just wanted him to get off the bus. Just wanted him to, ta- you know, just let's talk about this. And I, I put up the Andre no shake meme gif, and Andre didn't want none. If I could borrow the AJ Styles theme song, and there's you- a there's a story if you look bad news brown has a, a shoot interview on youtube and there's a story about another person wrestler uh using similar language um which i will not mention but you can go on there and see who it is excellent i like it mystery mystery and i i love bad news because with him he's a guy if you took him and dropped him in 20 uh 2003 2004 if you dropped him in 98, 99, dropped him in the 20s, the, the, the teens, so to speak, he, he'd be a guy, the purists, the, the work rate folks would be losing their minds over. And if he was around now and you had, like, I always imagined him, thanks to Fire Pro and all the other things we played as college kids, in like a shooter stable with him and Angle and someone like a, a, a uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of who else would be a good fit because you basically could look across New Japan, all uh, WWE, Impact, and you can see a bunch of guys that fit. Uh, I, I think him and Angle would be great. I think him and kind of in that role with the machine is right now with Taz and AEW. If you didn't feel yeah. like he do promos. Uh, heck, I still think, and I will, I will publicly jump on a stack of boxes to say that they need to add Fred Yehi to Taz's stable and Nicole Savoy just so he could have a lot of folks that need to mess people up. But then I don't want them to fall into the WWE trap of putting all the black folk in one group. <laughs> it's just that I like all of those folks, and I think Taz does a great job. And at one point, I thought Taz was black, so I, I give up. <laughs> I, I, I own that. Why? Own. Why is that? Is that is that the same as as people used to think that uh, um, Mark Merrow, Johnny B. Bad was black? Yeah, I, I, I felt it was, the tanning was so bad, so so deep. Though though in Taz's case, I fell for. I thought he was actually no same thing with Johnny B. Bad. I thought it was a victim owned Junior situation. Money <laughs> <laughs> talks. You know what I mean. <laughs> I I I, th- I thought it was uh, that sort of situation or Bobby De Niro situation, uh, and so I, I I just thought you know hey welcome to the family Sicily let's keep it real, uh, but yeah so 
I, I think bad news would be great. I think seeing him in New Japan in this environment, because he did wrestle around the world when he was, you know, alive. So I don't want to belittle his career. He was he was a magnificent wrestler. But seeing him with a guy, him and Suzuki, good lord, that would just be wild. Uh, put him in Lucha Underground versus Matanza. Or put him in real life versus Jeff Cobb. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> He's still to this day. I heard him on Wrestling Observer Live. He's like, yeah, I wrestled with this guy Ricochet and this dude who looked like him named Prince Puma. <laughs> I was like, I appreciate that. I appreciate hey, it. Even are they are they still under contract with Lucha Underground? So maybe they can't. Uh... <laughs> I, mean, I don't know who is at this point. Though I, I mean, the way they did that eye for an eye, I thought Dario Cueto should have shown up in WWE. An eye for an eye, like that scream, Lucha Underground, and it's it's hilarious to me. That's going to be a deep dive at some point. I don't know who's going to be brave enough to dive with me, but the the fact that a lot of this WWE cinematic stuff is basically Lucha Underground. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk. Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, it's been... And I, I heard that the, uh, the Raw Underground... Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know more about this me, but I guess that was an idea that they took from Shakara. Okay, now that one, and I know if anyone follows Shakara, if you're going to jump down my throat on Twitter at Rich underscore fan, I will take that. You can't say, and this isn't you, Chris, but I mean the people who are saying that, you can't say that the Kumite is something that Shakara created. Because essentially that's what no ropes, no holds barred match is. It's death. It's blood sport. And so Frank Duke would like to have a word with you if that's going to be like every 80s action movie that showed Kumite is going to Bolo Young did not die for us to be given credit solely to Jakara. Plus, I mean, wrestling. Again, going back to the 80s, it's like not to be 
mean to people, but if you were growing up and you were a WWF fan, I, I hate to burst your bubble, but uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake wasn't the first people to cut people's hair. Yeah. And um, one of the famous angles from 1985, which, again, Tully Blanchard aren't answering reference when the they turned on Dusty in the cage against with Ric Flair, they did the same angle in 1980 in Georgia, different few particulars that were different, but um, wrestling is really full of copying people. It's one of the things where um, I know a lot of people don't like Eric Bischoff for many reasons, but people blamed him for, or people got mad at him for, well, he just copied the NWO gimmick from New Japan. Well, a lot of wrestling shows, especially in the territory days, were copying things from other territories that were not seen and were not criticized for it. So when he did it, why is it a bad thing? But yeah, this one is that out there. And, and that's, you know, and I, I, I appreciate like, especially with Chikara, I appreciate what people were saying, but you gotta, you gotta look at Hogan and Andre Hogan and Andre had been a loop that was done and done and done and done. And he body slammed them and all that fun stuff. And they wrestled at a show that took place, I believe, today in 1980 at Shea Stadium. Yes. Seven years before WrestleMania three, <laughs> and all in Japan. And and the 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 power of technology or lack thereof. If you were the person that saw it at Shea, and then they went to the, you know, 187,000 people, depending on how many people. When you ask Hulk Hogan and how many drinks he's in on, you know. <laughs> Well, you might hear something else if you had a few drinks, but yeah, this is true. This is true. Uh, that, but you know, depending on how that goes, he's going to talk about that. And so, when you have it, and and that actually ties in in a, in a lot of ways to Mustafa's point. If you don't see it, you can't say it existed. And so, when people can jump in and say, "Hey, I've watched Shakara, and they did this before," or "Hey, a couple of years ago, uh, we went to Matt Riddle's blood sport." And that was that was it. And while it, that was adapted from Bloodsport, Chikara adapted from that. It's fine. There isn't going to be something that's just completely so new that it's going to revolutionize pro wrestling. Because even Lance Storm mentioned when you talk about the idea of wrestling in rounds in Europe, it's a traditional match. You just break up the heat spots into the round breaks. So if you were just cutting off a babyface's comeback. And the five minute mark hits and you got to go sit down. You're going to start still with that person from underneath. It's not like you're, you know, starting a brand new match. And so I really like and if you get a chance, obviously it's on our quote unquote competition. But if you listen to him and uh, Brian Alvarez talk about his adventures in Europe and how his, his, his theory on professional wrestling and that everything is pro wrestling and you just have to learn how to work with the crowd, not necessarily change things for an opponent with the exception, obviously of Lucha Libre. That might be the only thing that is so drastically different than any other style. But then you have contemporaries like Rey Mysterio and uh, psychosis, Hoovy at all that can do it. Well, uh, the, I, I'll be, I don't want to put some disrespect on Elgato del Fantasma. Cause I don't need him coming to my house and throwing me in a van. Uh, like he does everybody else in NXT, but 
that that there's there's a legacy of great wrestlers and and that brings me to uh one of the folks i i talked with uh, alan cudahan about a few weeks ago uh kai and ty dx were in wwe and for the most part were treated as jokes and so they to me chris were, were a group that if you saw I, I saw them everywhere else in the world thanks to the power of early ebay and far too many uh file sharing sites i i want to mention take trading yeah, don't don't mention that don't mention that i won't i won't the ditch the ditch abides though alan did interview the the person who maintains the ditch uh which is one of the bigger uh places people would get matches and he's still doing it still keeping strong uh you know kai and ty dx was a group takamishinoku when he by himself when he first started they gave him that push but it was just to be cruiser it was just be junior heavyweight champion. And if you told yourself in 1996, that same guy would be one of the best heaters in another promotion. How would you have believed for someone that spoke English? How would you have reacted, Chris? I would be surprised. But I think I think the thing that it kind of comes down to with and I, and I don't know if Ali's his contractual situation. I don't know if he's just, he seems to be someone he's talked a lot about his own personal experiences. And he seems to be someone who, um, you know, talks about his real life. But I think a lot of it is that you don't have to be beholden to the way WWE views you. I mean, I think the, you know, there's a a history, uh, especially with Japanese wrestlers of them being stereotyped in WWE. And so they were never going to put them in a certain realm. And the fact that, I mean, those wrestlers, I know Shofunaki stayed for quite a while. I think he's still employed by WWE. But to think that, you know, Dick Togo's on New Japan cards in 2020 wrestling over 20 years after doing that. And, and Takamishinoku's had a lengthy career in Japan um, shows that. You know, sometimes the role that you're put in, it doesn't necessarily mean that um, that's the best role for you. And the key to me is really having other places to showcase someone at their true talent. I mean, it would be great um, if, you know, if Ali, and I don't know that if his wishes are desire, but it would be great for him to have an opportunity to maybe go to a different promotion and show what he can do and maybe sink or swim. I think, you know, I mentioned other wrestlers before and just because you're in a different situation doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to, you should be in the main event. I think sometimes TNA impact had that problem where they just would just bring anybody from WWE and just kind of slot them in the main event. It doesn't work that way as easy, but some people can do it. It's not a hard and fast rule that everyone can't. Um, but yeah, I think Kai and Tai, you know, they had Taka. It was just Taka. They got a little bit of a, a he got a little bit of a serious push. But then when it became when they became the stable with Mr. Yamaguchi and his wife, and they wanted to cut off Val Venus's, uh, uh, cut, cut Val Venus. I'll leave it at that. And you know, it got into farcical stuff and it took away from really what they could do. And luckily for them, they had other opportunities to showcase their their talent.
Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it's wild to me that you had the entire group. You had... Kaz Hayashi, Sho Funaki, Dick Toto. Kaz Hayashi wasn't Kaz Hayashi. No, no, no. Even Japan. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, then they got broken up because she, he was Shiru in Japan, but then they got broken up because, well, they didn't get broken up. Money broke them up because it was like, hey, WCW's paying me money. I'm going to be Kaz Hayashi over here. I'm going to be a young dragon. Uh, and then... You know, originally, Taka and Sho were the last guys that joined. The original crew was when Togo joined uh, Men's Tail and then Shiru. And so the, if we got to get on some, oh, man, I'm not going to do it today. Not today. Not some, I'm not going to go full kind time. But just thinking about that much talent on a squad or thinking about uh, you think about Kai and Tai. And you compare it to one of the folks who I thought gave me my my second love of New Japan. And I don't know how many people this was for, but it's kind of thanks to WCW Revenge. But Masachono, when Masachono came over to WCW, they never treated him like a joke. They treated him like this crazy, tough Japanese dude that you were scared of. And they let him go. Now, obviously, he never won WCW world title. I'm not going to try to put roses on them for that. But it wasn't like he became this just absolute shell of who he was when he was in Japan. Well, the thing that I learned, which I didn't realize that people like, because he just retired Nakanishi and, and Nagata, which I didn't realize was when they came to WCW, that was their excursion. Even Great Muda several years ago. So because they were on excursion, they weren't really supposed to win that much. <laughs> right. Uh, that's kind of part of the plan but again that's sort of a i think a bigger issue in 
that exists in professional wrestling, especially back then and now, is how to book uh, non-white male performers. But think about the fact, Chris, how wild is it that uh, I want to make sure I get my numbers right? Because if this happened in the same year, I'm going to I'm going to I'm just going to chuckle. Yeah. So. In August 92, Ron Simmons becomes the recognized first black world heavyweight champion for uh, WCW. And one of the first, I guess, first overall in the in the United States. Well, I, I think they say Bearcat Wright was one, but I guess in national television, yeah, national televised, yeah. Uh, nineteen ninety two was also the year in August, late August, that Shono won the NWA title because he won the G one. At the time, because Over, I want to say uh, Rick Rude mm-hmm. was the first American to uh, make the G1 final. And so think about it, like in that year. You had two men of color win. And it was just done. And then you flip the WWE. And it still wasn't until The Rock. My whole thing that I always say about Bill Watts, I know Bill Watts said some racist things on a Torch interview several years ago. But um, just because other promoters didn't say racist things in interviews doesn't make them less racist. Watch their television programs at the time. Watch who they booked, who they didn't book. And um, they may not be any different. And that's really the crux of a lot of the argument. Like you have, you have Ali, a super athletic, photogenic, great story, great on the mic. Since he made it to the main roster, has done nothing but outstanding self-produced promos. And he can't get an eighth of the Dolph Ziggler sniff at television and opportunities. And he mentioned in that talk and raw interview that he also, because of his injury opened the door for Kofi to step in as his replacement, which then led to Kofi mania, which wasn't the plan in any way, shape or form. So despite, you know, whatever you're going to hear on the next WWE 24 or whatever documentary, that meant that one person of color got out of the paint and that that was the designated role. You did a good job, kid. Let's move him out of the way. And then he winds up winning the title and setting this uh, these things into place where now I watched SmackDown yesterday with Wade. And they're, they're trying to give next to Big E. And they're postulating that Big E was this nobody hayseed who... Didn't, doesn't know how to do singles wrestling. I heard Corey Graves last week. And uh, and and then this week, they're continuing that. And, you know, he by golly, he's working his way up that ladder. And I, I'm, I'm just flabbergasted. Because you didn't have to work off a ladder 
when uh, it was, uh, you know, insert wrestler here, like Sheamus. Sheamus showed up. Sheamus beat John Cena in an awkward tables match. Sheamus world champion. Beat Daniel Bryan in what? 13 seconds. WrestleMania. Yeah. And also the whole like, you know, well, he's been here so long. Why didn't he, you know, why did he fight for all these championships? He's been here for all these years. It's like, it's kind of that whole kind of meta thing where it's like, you've kind of booked him a certain way and then you make it out to be like, it's his fault. <laughs> yeah. But now it's good. But now it's going to be different. It's like, it's kind of the one thing I didn't like about the Kofi thing. It's like, Kofi's yeah. been here for so long, and it's like, well, yeah, he's been here for so long, but he hasn't had opportunity. Uh, give him a chance, and I think, I mean, I think Biggie. You know, I, the one thing I liked, I've liked about the New Day, and, and maybe now it's necessity because of injuries. Like they haven't, they haven't split them up. Yeah, I feel like the biggest issue in wrestling is that they split up um, teams too much. Um, like for no reason, they put them together and they just split them up for no point. And I like the fact that they could have singles feuds. That Kofi could be the champ and they'd still wrestle. You know, they'd still be a team. Um, so I like that. But yeah, I mean, Biggie obviously has had the talent and ability to be showcased in a different manner. And and maybe it's COVID, maybe it's injuries, and they're finally doing it now. But the whole booking of oh well, you know, and again, this is a a thing I, I don't recall happening in wrestling before, like, oh, this person's been here for so long and they never did it, so they're just going to try now. It's like, you you wouldn't even bring that up. You would just like, okay, I'm going to fight this person because I want to go for this, you know? But it, WWE has to have this language of almost demeaning the wrestler, almost saying how you never cared or thought enough to actually try, and now you're going to try but for the rest of the time, you've just kind of been taking up space or are not giving your full effort. It's, it's really ridiculous when you, when you spell it out that way. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, it's... And, and, it, and it's really cool to me as we look at these wrestlers as we look at these timelines as we look at folks that could have gotten that that spotlight i don't it, obviously as you're hearing us this isn't a gripe session it's just I, we wanted to put this like you got to see it because i think a lot of people who may have heard mustafa ali may have had the instant reaction of well i don't well, it might not have been good for business why would they put this person in this position 
it's always going to be a question of being good for business when the business is designed to keep certain people in the position to get the business. Yeah, I, and that's that's the other side of the, the conversation as well, is that, you know, the, the thought, and it also pertains to women wrestling as well, the thought that we can't put certain people in certain situations because the fans are not going to like it where there are a lot of fans who would. Yeah. Uh, and those fans aren't always considered. I mean, I've seen Ray Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar. I've seen, uh, I'm trying to think of how many ridiculous matches in my lifetime I've seen. Uh, I've seen China, uh, with Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, nobody bad in an eye. I've seen uh, Tory cost Kane matches. I've seen, you know, I've seen all. We've all seen these matches. Shoot, you go to ECW, and and uh, another thing too, because we're going to talk about AEW in a minute. But it's becoming quite clear that North American wrestling, nobody likes each other. Because MLW put up some old, uh, Court Bauer in particular put up some old MLW matches. And he's like, no cosplay, no no people pretending to be wrestlers, just hard-hitting wrestling. I was like, ouch, message received. Message received. And it was uh, Kojima versus, I want to say it was uh, Steve Carino. Which is really the the spiritual continuation of Steve Carino's ascent in ECW before its collapse, and how he had been seen in a far more serious light and more respected light. Uh, but yeah, and I watched those matches, and it's like it's a uh, it's really interesting to see when you look at MLW the first time around before it went under, how he did what we're talking about. Hey, here are some guys that really haven't been put in a light that they need to be. Let me give them this light. And it worked for a while. And then because the television wasn't there, it went away. And now it's back. And when I look at folks like the Samoan werewolf, Jacob Fatu, that's a guy who is a Fatu. So you know he's going to be, you, you know, WWE would have him otherwise. But when I watch him wrestle, when I went to uh, your old neck of the woods and watched him wrestle WrestleMania weekend a couple of years ago, the first thing I told my buddy Joe who you met at the uh, ring of honor show was they need to keep this guy and they've kept him because him and a guy like filthy Tom Lawler and, uh, uh, uh Selena, uh, Laurenta are people that aren't on TV often as they're being portrayed. He isn't the big, dumb Samoan that's eating fish. He's a bad dude. That'll mess you up as part of a stable at the point contra that were just all bad dudes. Like you took Simon Grimm and he was just a shooter. That's awesome. Yeah, Selena De Laurenta being portrayed as not just eye candy, but a producer. And uh, her Dorados Promotions is not a stable in a traditional sense, but a business opportunity for wrestlers to work together under her acumen. And get promote because they're selling her as a super agent, kind of like what MVP is kind of doing right now with the Hurt Business, and that's really cool. 
we should see that with Zelina Vega, but instead it's constantly her putting out fires and nothing reflective of what they did with her in NXT. So my question to you, Chris, as we go into like the second stanza of this is how do they fix this? And I know that it starts and ends with Vince McMahon getting kicked out, but let's talk about AEW. How do you fix in terms of North American wrestling, the, the way certain people are getting pigeonholed? Well, I think it's harder to, than maybe uh, we think, because I think a lot of it is, I think one of the biggest problems in wrestling is, again, I'm, we're the same age, yeah. um, but in wrestling, I feel I'm a little bit older only because of my, you know, watching um, wrestling in the 80s. And what I mean by that is, I feel like too much of wrestling now is focused on sort of the perception of wrestling from the Monday night era. And it has to follow that, you know, template. I mean, it's not exactly the same. Like AEW is not exactly the same, but the kind of thought process of that, I feel that the biggest issue is breaking away from that and, and going to something that's new. Um, I feel that really what these companies need to do is create their own identity. I mean, one of the things with me that, I mean, I, I don't watch WWE anymore. I, I watch AEW occasionally. I, I'm going to watch this week because they're going to have tag teams and I like tag teams. Um, is, uh, the tag appreciation night is that I think you have to show an alternative to WWE. In my mind, I don't think AEW is enough of an alternative. I mean, they say they are. Um, but I think it's also difficult. I feel like so many fans, because most people who watch wrestling have watched wrestling since, you know, 1996 forward. And they're in that WWE, WCW, one in that war mentality. And therefore that's really hard um, to break out of, but um, I feel it has to be someone with the money and the creativity to kind of do their own thing. And that's kind of my my disappointment with AEW is AEW had the time slot to do it, <laughs> um, and they really haven't done it enough, in my opinion. Um, but I don't think they're doing poorly enough to change because they're still getting a lot of viewers and they have a good TV contract. So I don't know. I don't know if they'll be doing anything different. Now, I think the one thing they've done well, that's been markedly different is the promos because of the freedom they've given the folks like watching, uh, the, the orange Cassidy promo, on Wednesday, as I mentioned, that was probably in a stressful situation for him. His the the most important promos he's ever had to do in his career, and he knocked it out of the park live. When you watched, uh, what was it two weeks before, where you had uh, just a heart wrenching promo, both before and after his match with Cody Rhodes, and you see. Oh, internet groundswell 
you bring a wrestler in? Eddie Eddie Kingston, you, you're talking about. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I helps to pronounce. <laughs> yeah. Eddie Kingston's promo was an Eddie Kingston promo. Now, obviously, it left some four-letter words out because television, but you, you felt it. Or Ricky Starks. My God, Ricky Starks. Basically, again, like I just used the analogy with, uh, I used the analogy of, uh, oh my God, Steve Carino. He just stepped off of the stage of the NWA tapings in, in, in Georgia, crossed the street, essentially went to uh, some of their tapings in Georgia, met with AEW, then now he's in Florida. And now he's doing the exact same thing with it turned up like maybe one more notch his promo talking about why he couldn't stand Darby Allen and the receipt Darby's got coming for putting uh, spiked uh, thumbtacks on through his back by way of a skateboard, which good Lord, I could not, that is not, that was not my calling. That's why I'm, I'm I'm glad they can do that. Not me because that's wild. Uh, But yeah, so, Watching him, watching Taz, and and that's the thing that really, you know, in the style of wrestling they do is a little different. But like we were talking about before, you also have the issue when we talk about spotlighting. You have a forty nine ninety nine program to give women an opportunity to have a safe space for other women, and you don't talk or you don't have more than three minutes of women's wrestling on your show that same week when the pace schedule is put out. Like there are words, there are actions. They need to be, they need to be mirrored. If you're a wrestling fan, you're a fan of a good story. And if you're looking for a good story, look no further than stories of your and yours. I'm Sean Ennis. And on every episode of stories of your and yours, I narrate a classic or listener submitted short story adding music and sound effects to bring the story new flavor. I featured authors such as Edgar Allan Poe, Kurt Vonnegut, Ray Bradbury, Mark Twain, and many more. So don't wait any longer. Download Stories of Your, that's Y-O-R-E, and Yours, that's Y-O-U-R-S, today. And if you want to hear clips and get more information, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at S-Y-Y Podcast. That's Stories of Your and Yours, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. And I think that, uh, um, on the Bruce Mitchell audio show with, with Jackie Pratt, he did a excellent uh, job of, of discussing that. So for those who haven't, I listened to it yesterday. So for those who haven't listened to, I definitely recommend you do that. But I definitely think, yeah, you know, a lot of it is, you know, I mean, I guess part of my issue with AEW and it connects to that sort of like the, the lip service of, of saying, we do this, we do that, which is great to say it, but just show me it. Yeah. Like you've talked about how great you are for people and you're inclusive. Well, like let me see your television program and who's on it. And it'll show me that, you know, having a, uh, you know, attack again, I didn't watch AEW last week. Um, I will watch this week and I, I want to see how much they talk about the women's tag tournament. I mean, it's, it's tag team appreciation night, um, according to them. But are they going to focus on the women? I mean, none of the matches they had advertised were women's matches. Um, and the other issue I've had with AEW, which relates to the um, 
Cody Rhodes TNT Challenge. As as some of you know, and Rich knows, I, I've for a long time before he was an NXT uh, head honcho, uncle, whatever. I have not been a fan of Triple H dating back to like you know ninety six or so. Um, but I mean, I feel like the NXT, the T, you know, I feel like Cody Rhodes is doing his Triple H impression with that this tournament. Because he wrestles someone in a good match, and he usually wins. But the issue is, like, where is that person after they wrestle that match? Um, for example, the last show I watched had Sonny... I watched Sonny Kiss was in the, wrestled for the TNT mm-hmm. Championship. I never watched Sonny Kiss wrestle. And there were definitely some green moments with Sonny Kiss. But I, I said to myself, I was like, that, that's a star, that's someone, you know, we talk about, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, Sonny Kiss is, is a star tomorrow. But I'm saying if they play their card right, they could make Sonny Kiss into a star. And has Sonny Kiss been on the show since then? In the crowd. And dark. Right. And that's my whole point. Like, with AEW is, is you know, I mean, to me, it's, I don't know before, it's an excuse to say, well, we don't have the name wrestlers to that maybe people know maybe you don't but you also have nationwide television that a lot of other promotions don't and you know the people who are stars that were born born stars they were created they were made they were showcased you know there's nothing that prevents you from doing that and i just feel that they they have people who they, you know, a big issue too is like you and I have talked about um, Scorpio Sky for months. And, you know, I'm, I'm driving back from the supermarket uh, on, on Tuesday and I park my car and I see that the Scorpio Sky promo about how he's tired of being undark and he deserves more opportunities and, and basically uh, a version of what Ali was saying. Well, He's going to wrestle Cody on for the TNT title on Wednesday. I'm not saying he should win, but I'm saying is what happens after. Right. You set up a good, you know, that's like AEW. You set up a good TV match. That's cool. But where are these people going to be after the matches are over? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking right now. And I know people, again, talking about uh, AEW in particular, you know, Dave Meltzer had mentioned that if you had an opportunity, people, you know, you'd want to see, you'd rather see Ray Phoenix than maybe one of the women's matches that he said was middling. And we don't see Ray Phoenix right now. One, because he was hurt. And two, other than the Young Bucks, I don't recall him in too many singles matches in AEW. And that was one of the first things I mentioned when folks first uh, had issues with uh, black wrestlers in particular not being in the single scene, I was looking at it from a global perspective of I haven't seen Latinos, I haven't seen Asian wrestlers. But the problem is if you have these wrestlers and you're not using them in your single scene, that's a false argument. You, I've right. seen Ray Phoenix, uh, your neck of the woods in Ohio. He was, what, AIW champion for the longest. Yeah. Him and Penta. And uh, was it, I want to say, the draw it was him or someone else from uh, Ohio over everyone. 
but that 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 was it. Between most of the Midwest, it was Pentagon Junior or Ray Phoenix as some form of champion from Ohio to Illinois. And um, yeah, I think to me that's sort of the. But again, it's like if you don't promote um, women, you know, you're not going to get anything to show that they deserve to be promoted if you never give them the opportunities. And again, I, I don't, I'm not a big proponent or really care that much about match length. I think that's one issue I have had with AEW is that they have matches. They have matches that are long to be long. And I don't necessarily know if that's important, but, you know, give people time, give storyline time, um, have them, you know, you've had people send in promos when the, you know, they had a thing with the last show I watched, you know, Sheeta, their champion, cut a promo saying that she didn't have anybody to wrestle. I'm like, what? Yeah. She <laughs> no one wants to do no. like the open the, the for the women's title. Like no one, they have no one that wants to wrestle their their women's world champion. Not not a soul. I think she did it from perspective of like no new challengers, but even that's not very helpful considering you have Swole right there, you have uh, all these other folks right there, you know, and then you have these, you know, like Anna Jay's in the Dark Order now. I, I don't know with the Nightmare Factory. This is going to be also interesting. Because right now, and, and you know, uh, before we get out of here, I'm going to switch in a minute to uh, New Japan so you can kind of drop some 411 on that. But it's interesting to me, and I'm going to do, I think in a year from now, I'm going to do a deep dive introspective of the PC versus the Nightmare Factory versus the New Japan US Dojo. And how many people are effectively developed in this pandemic. Because, so help me, if QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes can develop people on par with the New Japan satellite branch and ahead of the WWE super campus that's being restarted this week, which is why I said a year from now, I don't know what to say. I'm kind of at my wits end with the Performance Center, to be quite honest. Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at pwtorchdailycast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Casts.
Well, I mean, you know, I've never been a, myself a fan of performance center. It's more uh, uh, a gimmick, like you know, they they trained uh, Nakamura or Bobby Roode or Adam Cole or Samoa Joe. I mean, you know, no, they showed the, they, they, they showed the hard cameras. There's not anyone. I mean, obviously, people came there with more training than others, and there's definitely some people who developed there, but like. If you sign an independent wrestling star who's wrestled for ten years, you're not training them because you change their name. I mean, it's ridiculous. Now, speaking of name changing and excursions and all that fun stuff, let's talk about one of our favorite promotions, New Japan. And when I first presented this to you, I brought out the theory that hey, we could probably mention you one of your favorite wrestlers who doesn't get nearly enough respect. And you chided me and gave me an accurate uh, reimagining of how that works. And so I wanted to give you an opportunity before we get out of here to kind of talk to some of the folks that are thinking about, hey, Chris and Rich, why didn't you talk about New Japan during this hour-long conversation? Well, uh, uh, I want to say spoiler alert uh, before I say what I'm about to say. If you are watching or haven't watched the New Japan uh, six-man tournament, um, with the finals that are airing on Sunday, I will be discussing that momentarily. So I will, I will give you time to turn off or turn it down or watch that. But um, basically, Rich is talking about someone who I conned him into doing an entire deep dive of earlier, which is Yoshi, Yoshihashi. Not getting his respect, uh, Yoshihashi uh, is part of a team with Hiroki Goto and Tomohiro Ishii, um, who will be going up against uh, another half of chaos uh, or chaos that's not injured or, or, or can make it into the country, which is uh, Okada, show and Yano tomorrow for the winner will be the six man title. And I think the difference I mentioned with Richard New Japan with Yoshihashi is that when I had the we did the show a few months ago in Yoshihashi, I was like, well, I, I, I'm not asking for Yoshihashi to be the IWB champion. I'm asking for him to be a champion, hopefully tomorrow that takes place i think the difference in new japan is you know not everyone in new japan new japan is going to be getting the a world title shot not everyone in new japan is going to be getting an intercontinental shot it's not how it works but um you know you can you know even getting a title shot is a is an honor so you don't really necessarily ask for someone always to be the the top champion you just want them to get an opportunity in wwe the way that they talk and how we spoke about Big E and Ali before is like, well, anybody can be champion. You just work hard enough. Even though when you watch the programming, it's not the case. Certain people don't get those opportunities. The promotion makes it seem like that's the case and, and that's not accurate. And so in New Japan, you know, I watch Yoshihashi and, and, and he's a good, you know, good example of someone who tries. He's got a three now on his knee pad because it took him three times to make the new Japan dojo. Um, but there is not this, you know, their lack of success in the last few weeks, you've had, um, Sonata and Ishii and, um, other wrestlers who, who've pinned their lack of success on the fact that they haven't won. They're talking about the results of their matches, not, not pushes, not opportunities. It's like, well, if I haven't won my matches, I'm not going to get an opportunity. While in WWE, there's more this meta conversation of I didn't get a chance and they didn't give them a chance and this person didn't take their opportunity. 
and it's it goes far away from the actual results of the match, which is supposed to be um, part and parcel of the most important thing. So that's why I think that New Japan, from that standpoint, is a little bit different. And um, I'm hoping that when I when I wake up tomorrow uh, and I watch live, that Yoshihashi is a champion. Now, what about one of his teammates? Because I think one of his teammates, we hadn't talked about him, but I, actually two of his teammates, and to be quite honest, are examples of this idea of if you never get a shot in a position outside of where you're thought to be, you'll never be seen to be more than what you are to the person booking. Ishii and Goto are examples of gentlemen who are kind of put in a, well, mm, they're kind of where they're at. How do you how do you feel about that vis-a-vis what you just said about Yoshihashi? Yeah, I think that's just kind of part of it. I mean, Goto was someone who was a regular um, champion contender, but he hasn't been since he's been in chaos. He hasn't had a title match since February of 2016. Um, Ishii has only had two. What else people know is Ishii's only had two IWGP title matches ever. He had won against Naito when Naito first won the title in 2016. He had won against Kenny Omega because he beat Kenny Omega in the G1 in 2018. And he basically was a person who was he'll challenge for the belt, but he's basically just setting up the next challenge, as in he lost to Naito because Naito was going to fight Okada at Dominion, and he lost to Omega because you know Omega was going to defend against Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. So he's never even been a, in a match where you really think, oh, he might win. And it's just how New Japan slots people. Um, every New Japan slots people in every way. You can tell when their theme music comes. So like when Chaos, like when the three of them come out, they play Goto's music. Yoshihashi works out first, Ishii in the middle, and Goto's third. That pretty much tells you who the who the the hierarchy is. Um how they're listed on the program, same way. And you know, the one thing that I haven't liked about the restart, other than um, Evil winning, which is not, I wasn't happy about that, uh, mainly because Evil got the title run that Goto was never allowed to have. But um, Ishii and Goto are kind of being phased down. I mean, before this tournament, they were in the opening matches, um, which was, you know, I'm not a fan of that because they're two of my favorite wrestlers, but. Uh, I think that, you know, hoping that they win tomorrow and that they'll have at least a little bit of, of something as a six-man team. The three of them have actually have done some moves. They've done some tag moves together, um, two of them and then all three. They even do that move from, was that Fire Pro, the move where they you stand over someone and, you, and they all hit them in the back? Was that Fire Pro? It helps not to mute yourself as you're coughing. Yes, the move oh. where they all just kind of like banging on a drum. Yeah. Right. So they do that, the three of them. They've done that yeah. in each match. So um, I know New Japan announced their G1 schedule. I don't know if they're going to be trying to sneak people into the country <laughs> so that they can wrestle in it. We'll see. Um, but... Um, I'm glad that the three of them are getting a little bit of a shine. It's the six men title. It's not the the end all be all, but at least it's uh something for them. And that's better than it's better than wrestling usual, I guess. 
So say we all. Yeah, the G1 starts September 19th, and it runs until the final at the Yokohama Budokan Arena on October 14th. So that's going to be a lot. Uh, isn't the final the 18th? Oh, I don't know why. I read it. Yeah, at Rikoku Sumo Hall. Whoops. Yeah. Pays, to look, pays to look at the it's end. Okay. Of well, that's October 18th is my anniversary, so I will not be watching the final. Ah, I thought you were going to say, so I will be watching it early. <laughs> that way. Um, if I wake up, if, I, if, it was all, if it was on live and I wake up early, maybe I'll watch it. But um, I think that'll be up to, uh, up to my schedule that day. But my, my guess is I might be watching on the 19th. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Now, Chris, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. Before we get out of here, if there's anything you want to plug, obviously your social media and uh, your, your, your uh, burgeoning uh, Yoshihashi Defense Force and Goto Appreciation Society, gas, uh, feel free to do so, my friend. Yeah, the, the great thing I've learned on Twitter and social media, you can meet so many people from around the world is that there's a growing group of us who love Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto and I found people who think like me and it's it's fantastic uh, I'm a mind of Maitland on Twitter the last time I was on here I said I was going to start my podcast again but I've been too busy with work so I haven't um, hopefully my work schedule will uh, be a little bit less over the next couple of weeks and I will do that but in the meantime you can find me at mind of Maitland uh, that's M-I-N-D uh, of M-A-I-T-L-A-N-D on Twitter. I tweet more than I used to, especially about Yoshiashi. All right, my friend. Thanks very much. And thank you all for listening, as always. Dive into something new. Challenge yourself. Go plus ultra. Go beyond where you think you can go. Uh, next week, we will have some more fun diving for you. So until then, this is Rich Fan saying, be good. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at pwtorchdailycast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at pwtorchdailycast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, pwtorchdailycast.com. 